Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. I'm your host, Chad Madden. This week, I wanted to share with you a recording from a recent webinar that I hosted. To get access to the slides and videos of this recording, you can visit getbreakthrough.com forward slash resources. Remember, this was a training hosted with a live audience, so there are real-time questions and answers that I think you will find valuable. Without further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoyed this episode. So, yeah, we went through, again, training. We, we Obviously, we have uh, internal marketers here that are handling um, everything that we're doing within um, Breakthrough, right? So essentially within the breakthrough systems, just to reset within the breakthrough system, there are three types of email. Number one is we have indoctrination email. So this is somebody that signs up for an appointment or they sign up and usually from external advertising or they sign up for a captured audience workshop or they sign up for a workshop in-house. This is really focused on building trust through providing value to that person before they attend the event or show up to their first appointment. So this is great for cold traffic or that warm third-party referral through a captured audience workshop. The next type of email that we have in the system is a new patient sequence. So this is for uh, new patients when they come in. We, in all of our clinics, I mean, we're seeing 300 to 350 new patients a month. We put every single patient, uh, even if it was a physician referral, or past patient returning for additional care, we put everybody into the um, breakthrough system. So word of mouth referral, partner, um, somebody from cold traffic, even if they come in through uh, an offline advertising source, we put every single person, every single new patient, everybody that makes it to that first appointment in the new patient sequence um, within the system. And then once people graduate from their plan of care, and again, let me back up here for a second. The, the purpose of the new patient sequence is to increase adherence to the program, um, increase graduation rate, and ultimately ask if anything else is going on and encourage word of mouth referrals. So it's we're solidifying the relationship as the person goes through. The, the other nice bonus is we, we can pick up upsets. So if a patient is upset and hasn't told the therapist um, or the clinician, we can pick that up as well. The third type of email that is within the system, and this is what most people think of, uh, usually ignoring the first two, but it's campaigns. So um, these are for people that have entered into our system, potential patients who've entered into our system and haven't converted yet. So they haven't shown up to the workshop. They haven't come in for a first appointment. We've already paid for the, that person's contact information through advertising. They've raised their hand, but they haven't yet become a, a paying patient. That's where we use the nurture campaigns. The other thing that we do is we send it to the entire list as well. And essentially, if you look at the structure of the campaigns, we have a valuable education um, component, right? So top three exercises for back pain, or here's somebody's story uh, with neck pain or something like that, right? So we're delivering value. And uh, I think we have a, you know, exercise brochures, reports, things along those lines. And then for those people that interact, 
we have an offer as well. Sometimes, occasionally, we have campaigns that just go straight to the offer. And again, the purpose there is from our list, you've heard Carl say many times, you know, number one most valuable asset in your business is the patient, your patient list. Very true. And what can we get from that? Well, we can drive reactivations. So past patients coming in for additional care and also word of mouth referrals as well. So I wanted to go through two examples. Um, we have a, a marketer, Megan. She kindly volunteered um, some responses and I've gone through and changed the names here. So we're TIPA compliant and I'm not showing you the actual email. Uh, but nonetheless, this, this was the sequence of what happened. So um, Megan shared two emails and I asked each marketer to share one email that they thought went well and one that they had room questions on or had room for improvement. And she did an awesome job here. So the first one um, is for a positive response. And the patient said, Debbie said, hi there, Michael. This is Michael Gilbert. Uh, I've been extremely happy with my progress and I'm very impressed with every single person that works with me, especially Dr. Melanie. I've been referring all of my friends and family to you. Mike responded back, in this case, Megan in Mike's place responded back. Hi, Debbie, I'm very pleased that you've been making progress and thank you for the kind feedback. We certainly appreciate your thoughts and recommendations. We hope to help others the same way we have helped you so far. Keep up the great work. We will see you Wednesday for your next visit. Now, what did she do well? And again, this was on a group call um, with our other marketers and this is what uh, we came up with in the end. So. What did Megan do well in this situation? And remember, Megan is Mike, um, responding for Mike. Uh, she recognized and acknowledged a positive response. That's great. Always want to do that. Um, and she did a nice job future pacing. And we will see you Wednesday for your next visit. And that just implies that she actually looked the person up, saw their schedule, saw who they were working with, et cetera, right? Like did a little bit of research. It's a nice touch. What could she do better or improve on? Match tone. Um, she had quite a few exclamation points. Um, and yeah, what she have three? One, two, three. I, I'm counting three in the response. In general, you you want to match the tone of the person. Um, you know, in, in this case, Debbie sounds very positive. You know, okay to slide an exclamation point in there, but overuse of that can become a uh, a, a bit much and a turn off, especially if somebody is, um, you know, not so enthusiastic in spreading the word. So I think the way that Megan said it was uh, appreciate your thoughts and recommendations, spreading the word, just simply ask, who do you know? That might be best on live. So, you know, if Megan were in office or what she could do is let Melanie know that, um, you know, Debbie's been referring everybody in and uh, Melanie the DPT who, who Debbie is working with could simply ask Debbie, who do you know? And then what's the best way to get them the help they need? So, you know, we, we all refer in different ways. I know, um, like if I'm making a referral, just had an owner reach out last week and ask, you know, who, who should I work with for this? It was basically a household financial problem that they were trying to solve. And I said, this is Peter Shallard, if you've been to our events, you may have heard Peter Shallard speak already. I think I've had him on the podcast as well, um, or, or maybe a um, webinar. But uh, so Peter, just literally, I texted Peter directly and then uh, introduced him uh, via text to the to the owner. And then they took it from there. Um, and actually, I think I've 
referred to Peter twice within the last 30 days. So that's the way that I like to refer, but everybody's different, right? So, you know, maybe apparently if Debbie is saying that she's referring all of her friends and family to Dr. Melanie, there's definitely um, an intention, an energy that Debbie has to refer people in. We just want to help her do that. So the best way that we have found to do that is ask specifically, who do you know? Now, again, Megan could do that in email response, or she could just let Dr. Melanie know, and, and Melanie could ask Debbie directly. And then once Debbie comes up with, well, you know, my husband, right? And well, what's the best way to get him the help that he needs? Right. And then help her through the process. So sometimes it's cards. You know, I know um, at least 10, 20 years ago, the, the one big thing to encourage word of mouth referrals was, you know, essentially a free screen card. We went through that, that stage as well. What we found over time is asking, who do you know? And what's the best way to get them the help they need? Sometimes the person will ask for a card. Sometimes the person will say, well, you know, do you have some sort of information? Or I see them this afternoon. What's the best number for them to call? You know, there's lots of ways, creative ways, and we just want to assist um, whatever is easiest for that patient to make the referral. And then the other thing to say, you know, when somebody's doing really well and they have a positive response, um, you can always follow up with, is there anything else bothering you, right? Really happy for your shoulder or whatever the diagnosis is here. The body part is here. Um, do you have anything else going on? You know, frequently we'll pick up a vestibular issue um, or an unrelated uh, separate musculoskeletal condition that we can help out with. So that, um, that's email number one, a, a positive response. The next one is a, a not so positive response. And so this is from our fic fictitious patient, Sandy. Um, and she said, I'm doing okay, doing the stretches, but back and leg are not feeling, are not better yet. Mike responds back, Megan responds back. Hi, Sandy, my apologies for the delay in my response. Sometimes it does take time. I did see you had a few sessions this week. How did those go for you? Sandy said, again, I don't see much improvement yet. Lower back is quite sore and right leg does not have increased strength, but I believe these may take some time. Thank you for checking in. Megan responds back. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for your response. This can take some time and progress can be different from person to person. Have you been able to chat with your PT about it? So what did Megan do well? One match tone was great, right? Not over enthusiastic when Sandy's not doing great. Um, and kept her responses short and sweet. I know um, I probably posted that video a year or two ago, but um, when we looked at some of the email responses, what we had seen um, just in an audit is we were trying to say way too much, right? Uh, trying to be a, a therapist through the email and in terms of education and just, you can't do that. It, it's, we want to use email like it should be used. And Megan, in this case, did those two things really well. Match tone, matched uh, enthusiasm level or lack thereof, frustration level, and kept her message short and sweet. What could she do better or improve on? Um, the So justifying the delay in the progress, it, it, that's fine. You know, it is impossible for Megan in marketing to know any comorbidities that Sandy may have, right? So the therapist, you know, may know that there's a heart condition or delaying the response, or there's a diabetic history or a smoke history or something else going on systemically that's 
delaying progress. And um, yeah, so that that's there. The one thing that came up um, on our review is, you know, was this information shared with the the PT? And it had not been yet, right? So we want to share it anytime that there's an upset or a delay. We want to share that information immediately and let the patient know. Uh, Sandy, I'm going to relate. I looks like you're working with uh, uh, Dr. John. I will refer there. I will relay this message to him right away, and he can talk about it with you on your next visit. The other thing is avoid redundancy. So you can see in Megan's first response, it does take time. And Sandy says, uh, it does take some time. These may take some time. And then Megan says again, this can take some time, right? So it, there's a bit of redundancy in there. And um, you, you don't have to delay. You don't have to explain um, as a therapist, it, it should, I mean, that's best than a live conversation, but recognizing and acknowledging, and then I'll relay this to the PT, I'll relay this to the clinician for your next visit. Looks like you're in on Wednesday at 830. Um, make sure, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that Dr. John talks about it with you then, right? And um, that you feel comfortable moving forward, right? Not trying to solve the problem through email, but making sure that you're relaying that communication. Anyhow, so uh, quick summary here, you know, what can we take away? What are some principles moving forward? Um, I wrote these down quick. So if you're reviewing these with a marketer, whoever is a receptionist, whoever's responding in your emails, um, I would look at actual emails. So the one mistake that I made early on when trying to listen to this is I, I would just listen to what our marketers would say about how they were responding. And um, it's it's not completely accurate. And yeah, so you want to look at, you want to audit. And in, in this case, I just asked them to choose, you know, one that went well and one that didn't go so well. The other thing is like, always ask, what did you do well? What could you do better or, or improve on, right? Um, and that helps us avoid that, uh, that top-down management where if you're the owner and you're watching this right now, you're trying to solve all problems. I mean, we have very smart, intelligent marketers and just being able to coach and support them um, to improve their competency in uh, emails, that's the best way to do it, right? Unless you want to continue to wear all the hats in your practice, that's the right way to, to do it is empower the, the team members that you're collaborating with, that you're working with and moving forward. Um, the other thing is uh, that I thought Megan did really well here in both is recognize and acknowledge, right? There's a normal flow of conversation there. Um, we talked about, you know, who do you know? What's the best way to get them the help that they need? That's the best way for word of mouth referrals. Avoiding excessive exclamation points. And then, oh, the other one that we say, so this might be unique to central Pennsylvania, but uh, Megan specifically asked, um, how do I say, we certainly appreciate your thoughts and recommendations. The, the one thing that lands really well here is we just say, thank you for spreading the word. And um, that might be a colloquialism. I'm not sure if that applies um, to every region in the US and, and Canada, but um, that seems to go really well for us as well. So anyhow, hope you enjoyed this training um, and it, it sticks for you. Remember, not only are you checking the box with sending emails to your list. And again, I would at least have those three types of emails in there, but then you also want to master how you're responding 
um, to those emails as well. So yes, we want to send emails out that people are going to respond to, but then it is really key for you to audit once in a while um, and look at how your team is responding to the emails that you're sending out. Because one little tweak can make the difference between a patient graduating or not, or getting a reactivation or not, or getting a word of mouth referral or not. Hi, listeners. I think I might have something that you're interested in. If you are a listener of this podcast, I'm assuming that you're an owner or an aspiring practice owner. And my question for you is, what's the most pressing thing that you're wondering about in growing your practice? So essentially, if you could ask me any question, what would that be? You know, is it something around personnel? Like, you know, how do I handle when team members ask for a raise? Is it something around marketing? Like, should I be advertising on TikTok? Or how often should I be emailing my past patients? Is it something in finance or practice growth? Well, if you have a question, wouldn't it be great if you could get an immediate answer from me to your question? And I think I have something that you might be interested in. If that does fit the case for you, I uh, might be able to help you out. I'm hosting a live Q&A session for private practice owners. And you'll be able to hop on the call and uh, unmute yourself, have your camera on if you prefer, and ask me any question that you might have related to practice growth. Absolutely nothing is out of bounds. And uh, the, the deal is you just need to register for the call. I think we have a limitation on how many people can get in. Um, we are, this is something new that we're launching, uh, specifically to the Grow Your Practice podcast, but you do need to register. So there's likely a link, um, here or in the, uh, getbreakthrough.com page. So you can go there or look in the show notes here for the link, but you do need to register for the next live Q and A session. So what's your most pressing question? You make, make sure that you write that down. What's stopping you from growing? your practice and the way that you want to grow it. And then join me in the next live Q&A session and we'll make sure that you get your questions answered. So uh, this is for um, somebody who's registered for a workshop and could not attend uh, for two different reasons. But remember, whenever we're hosting an event, regardless of what that event is in-house, if we're driving to uh, that event, whether it's a workshop, webinar, um, they have free exams, whatever it might be, um, the uh, laser open house, th there are three things that can happen. One is people can register for the event and they can show up and schedule. Two, they can register for the event. They can show up to the event and not schedule. And then the third one is they register for the event and they can't attend for some reason. They don't attend. So this first one was um, the person did not attend the workshop because they had a family member pass away unexpectedly. So they responded uh, in the email, sorry, we missed you at the workshop. And Jan, uh, who is our clinical director in Hershey. So this was Ashley responding on behalf of Jan. Jan, or Ashley said, sorry for your loss. I'll reach out to you when there's another knee workshop. However, it will not be until next year. If your knee gets worse, just reach out to me and we can talk about what might be best for you. So as before, as we went through yesterday, what did Ashley do well? She acknowledged the loss, super appropriate here. Um, the other thing that she did well was uh, driving to the next workshop. Now, it's a little bit of an awkward uh, segue. And, you know, the, Ashley just started uh, in this role and she's learning. But uh, yeah, it, she had the right idea, the right initiative, you know, driving to something. 
What could she do better? Um, and we talked about this uh, in our group, in our marketing group of four. Um, she could ask a question, right? So sorry for your loss. Um, understand you're having knee pain. Can you tell me a little bit more about what's going on with your knee, right? Or what's going on with your knee? Uh, ask some sort of question. You know, how's your knee feeling? Something like that. Uh, basically a how or a what question. Um, and then the other thing is to avoid using the word if. So questions empower you um, when you're responding to a potential patient if pretty much takes all that power away, right? So um, being in control, being the, the guide, the confident guide of somebody who uh, is experiencing pain or experiencing a health challenge, if we're talking about neuropathy or vestibular issue or perhaps a, a pelvic problem, right? In any of those cases, um, when somebody is experiencing a challenge, asking a question puts us in a, a better situation to make a stronger recommendation, right? So being empathetic, understanding where they're at with their knee pain, what we want to do there is ask a, a question and avoid using the word if. Next one here, uh, this was another one, registered, did not attend. This person uh, had to catch a plane to fly out of town on business, could not make the workshop. Ashley responded back, good afternoon. Uh, and, and I'm missing, I, I might be missing an email connector in here because um, it doesn't completely make sense, but uh, sorry to hear about the knee pain you've been experiencing. We're having a knee pain workshop next Wednesday, November 9th at 7 p.m., where we could talk about the pain you're experiencing and what to do next. You know, uh, what did she do well? Again, uh, I'm missing something in there, perhaps another email response. What could she do better? Ask, you know, what's going on with your knee? Uh, another logical question in this case would be, when do you return? When are you getting back in town? Uh, when do you return from your business trip? Uh, I'll talk about test questions here in a second, but what we want to do with questions um, is it, it allows us to make, again, an appropriate call to action. So whether we're driving to an appointment or an event, or we're making a decision about which one is likely most appropriate for the person uh, who's a potential patient, the way that we're going to get there and help make a better decision, help that person make a better decision is learning more about what they're going through. The way to do that is by asking questions. Now, what our group is doing is the questions that we ask um, are important. And usually what happens, is, especially if you have more than one person responding, is you're just storing the questions uh, in your head or you get a list of questions and then it never changes. The right thing to do would be to uh, A-B split test long-term. So what our group is doing is uh, we're just creating a Google Doc um, and all four uh, converters, marketers, patient representatives are in there, and they're sharing the, the questions that they're using that are working the best. So it can be circulated in that that information can be shared um, with each other and specific to the central Pennsylvania colloquialisms uh, and language that we have here that's somewhat unique, right? So it, it, it's really important to test questions long-term though, because one small tweak in the way that you're asking a question, whether it be in an email, in a text response, um, or a voicemail, or a phone response can make all the difference in the world from that person going and getting you know, uh, an epidural or uh, going to get a surgery or something like that, or coming in um, and receiving services from you. So it's really important to pay attention 
uh, to the questions that you're asking. Again, a shared database for everybody that's uh, that's responding uh, on behalf of your practice is key. Even if it's a single person, even if it's only you um, and you're the owner and the person uh, that is wearing all the hats within your business, that's fine, but keep a, keep a knowledge base, right? So what you're learning, what is working best, if something doesn't work, then that's the time to test and try to replace or improve upon it. If something is working well, make sure you keep that in and you keep that in as the control. Anyhow, uh, two specific responses here, two specific examples around workshops for people who did not attend. Uh, big takeaways here are, again, acknowledge and ask good questions, avoid using the word if. So hope this helps you out. And uh, thanks for everything that you're doing and helping flip the pyramid and helping people overcome their health challenges naturally. Thanks. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.